This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. All right, what's up, everybody? This is part four of Don't Believe the Hype, and we're going to kind of continue today uh, talking about identity, just kind of continuing from uh, some of the things we talked about last week. So this is kind of like a, within this series, it's kind of like a part two from last week. I mean, it's a whole series, same series, but really this today, I just really felt to continue more or less and extend like last week's um, message a little bit. And so... Let's do this here, okay? Uh, let's jump right in. So, Father, we, we thank you for your word today, and we pray that you speak to us. Holy Spirit, let this be dynamic. Holy Spirit, anoint this moment. Holy Spirit, speak through the word. Holy Spirit, um, do what you do. Convict us, challenge us, encourage us, comfort us through your word today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so we're going to start with this. This is kind of like the maybe the subtitle just for today. We're going to talk about this. And, and I think I said this somewhat of this maybe even exactly um, last week. But in res- with respect to uh, Don't Believe the Hype, um, kind of the theme of today is that identity is received, not achieved. All right? We don't want to uh, believe the hype of this world. Um right? Um, But we want to um, walk in our identity in Christ, um, who God has said we are, um, who God has made us to be in every sense of the word. So once again, uh, we're talking about identity is received, not achieved, okay? In the world, the hype of the world is, man, you got to achieve it. There's something you got to do to get it, and you can create it yourself. And creating an identity, and whatever way that might be, whether that is creating, coming up with our own gender identity, uh, whether it's some sort of uh, fixating our identity on money, success, uh, accolades, education, um, you know, and it's not even that those things are some of those things, right? Like education, and I believe God is for your education. But when we associate the end all be all of who we are, and we base our identity on something we do, we are missing um, God's idea of identity. Can I get an amen? Okay, it doesn't mean we stop pursuing the success, the career, um, the education, or whatever it might be. Uh, But as Christians, we must be watchful and careful that we don't have an unhealthy desire for that to where it's it's so tied to the outlook 
of ourselves. And in that, it's how we view God and other people. Can I get an amen, somebody? Um, and so, um, here we go. So yeah, once again, just to kind of review a little bit, just the theme The theme of this series is, you know, as we've said every, every week, the, the point of this sermon series is to speak the truth of God's word. And in doing that, we, because of the Holy Spirit and the word of God, we expose the lies of the enemy, all right? And so why, why specifically, um, why specifically uh, today uh, are we speaking this? And in the context of today's message is because, and we're gonna talk about identity, but because we need to know who Jesus is and progress in the revelation of who he is in our, in our journey, all right? And so um, it's kind of like this, right? Let me break it down on some more layman terms. It's like, do what you do, but be who you be first. Can I get an amen? So it's like, do what you do and um, go do your thing, people of God. But uh, my heart, my concern as a pastor is that you know who you are and that all of who you are is not wrapped in what you do. All right? And so here we go. Let, let's, let's, let's read our scripture here, our kind of theme scripture for the month. Ephesians chapter five, verse eight. I'm gonna read all the way to verse 14. Here we go. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Somebody say identity. When any time the scripture says who you are, that's, that's speaking to your identity in God, okay? So you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Verse 10, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Verse 12, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Verse 14, therefore he says, awake, you who sleep. All right? We're talking about don't believe the hype, exposing the lies of the devil. We're talking about who you really are here. It says, awake, who you, awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Okay? So we're talking about identity here. We're talking about identity. It's just the basis of of everything, it, it, it really, when we, we talk about identity and who we are in Christ, who we are, not what, not necessarily what I do, but who we are, what we do is the secondary consequence of who we are. Um, I wanna read out of Matthew, okay? And this is where uh, Peter receives um, the revelation of who Christ is, okay? And so let's read this now, okay? And then we'll kind of get into the points and everything. But here is um, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 to 19, all right? Very familiar portion of scripture, but we're gonna kind of just dive into this and kind of and, and dissect it a little bit today. All right, here we go. Uh, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, sorry, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am, that I the son of man am? 
Verse 14, so they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Verse 15, now, whoever's saying that is wrong, right? Verse 15, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah? Bar-Jonah Bar just means son of Jonah. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Verse 18, and I also say to you, say to you, that you are Peter. Say, say it with me, folks. Say identity. But you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Okay? And so here we go. We're just going to look at this uh, scripture uh, a little bit. Okay? And so... Um, here we go. Once again, as, I, as we said, you know, identity in Christ is received. It's received. It is not earned and it is not performative. It is not something that we work to achieve. It's, uh, your identity is not the, uh, on the other side of something that you do. Okay? When, when we as human beings begin to think or act that I somehow create who I am. Um, when we're speaking of identity, we're speaking of value, we're speaking of, of, of just knowing the reason for our very existence. I mean, it is tied to a lot. And when we do that, we, we are literally uh, missing the gospel, all right? Like we are missing what it means to be a Christian, okay? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in. Here is um, the next point here, is we're Christians because Christ has been revealed to us, right? So Peter didn't earn this. It says that this revelation was given to him, okay? Jesus said, this, this, this has been given to you, by my Father who's in heaven. So once again, we're Christians. The basis of Christianity, of being a Christian is this. We're Christians because, simply because Christ has been revealed to us. Pretty simple, right? Pretty basic. We're Christians because Christ has been revealed to us, right? We're not, we're not Christians for any other reasons. There, there, there's fruit of that. There, there's evidence of it. But from the onset, you are not a Christian because you go to church. You are not a Christian because you grew up in a Christian home. You are not a Christian because you were raised in a quote unquote Christian nation. You are not a Christian because it says Christian on some sort of ID or some kind of state sanctioned kind of identity given to certain people like in certain nations where you know you have the tension between Muslims and Christians 
and you're born in a Christian family, therefore that goes on your ID or birth certificate or whatever, and it just states kind of, you know, but but well, we are not, we, we don't, we don't inherit um, our faith in the sense that, or borrow it from our parents. Can I get an amen somebody, or anybody for that matter? Now I understand, like, we can inherit and be, in a sense, the, this life of faith, or people can say, man, I grew up in church, and and or or man, I really learned a lot, or it was my faith and my decision for Christ, and I, I was very much influenced and raised in a Christian home. There's nothing wrong with that, but how many people have been raised in a Christian home that are not walking with God, right? So those things, it's not like this inherited religion. You know, you got certain generations of people where in America or certain demographic and generations of people and certain like predominant, you know, even in the the, the United States, you know, you have, that they, they call the area we're in, the era we're in from a societal viewpoint, post-Christian. And so, I mean, a lot of people, I guess before, whenever post-Christian happened, you had, you know, these ideologies and these denominations and they would say that X percent, high percentage of so-and-so and maybe certain areas of America were like whatever high percentage saying, I am a Christian, right? And I go to church on Easter and Christmas and we're a Christian family and we were raised Christian. My dad was Christian. My grandpa was Christian. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like this kind of, in, in like this kind of, um, societal, you know, kind of cultural tradition. And I guess I'm Episcopalian or I guess I'm Methodist or I'm Catholic. And it's like, yeah, that's how I was raised. But uh, we're talking about identity here. I'm really talking about, in a sense, really what it means to be a Christian. That, that doesn't equate to Christian. You might be influenced by a certain morality, um, depending on the morality that that particular group, people, group, kind of valued, you know, but that does not equate to the true identity of being a Christian. And so as we see here, uh, Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So Peter was accurate as to who Jesus is. And Jesus said, hey, you know, you didn't get this from flesh and blood. Somebody say amen. But my Father in heaven has revealed it to you. And so we talk about identity. Really, the basis is that Christ is revealed to, to an individual. Um, that is it. Can't You're not born a Christian. It's just not. You might be born in a Christian family, or maybe some people in that family are actually Christian. But come on, I know we know this. We talk about identity, man. It's, it's a revelation. It's a revelation. And being a Christian is a revelation, right? So, um, uh, all right. And so even, um, even uh, you know, theologians in the study of the church, ecclesia, you know, this goes back hundreds of years, like even the early church, they, they, they even would use some of the language they would use for the church is they'd call it, the mystical body of Christ or the invisible body even. Why? Because in studying and saying, oh wow, this is a revelation that Christ is revealed to an individual, 
and that person sees Christ and confesses him and repents, right? And there's fruit of that. Okay, I get all that, but I'm just saying at, at the onset, Christian means Christ is revealed. Christian means I see him for who he is, right? I, 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 I see him. I didn't see him before. Now I do. Jesus is on the cross. This man, forgive him for they know not what they do, right? And so, um, uh, and so they would say mystical body or, or even invisible body. Why? Because just because somebody wears a clerical garment to signify his position in the clergy or just because people are in a gathering, just because they're in a gathering of people that serve Christ, that does not equate to being a Christian. Hence the term mystical body, because in, in, in the sense it's like just by looking per se at, you know, these outward religious things, that does not equate to Christian. The question is, has Christ been revealed? to that person? Have they received the divine seed? Have they um, obviously, you know, confessed their sins, repented of their sins and have the fruit of that in their life that we can see the fruit of a Christian's life. But um, just because people have a certain moral compass does not mean they are Christian. Can I get an amen? There's plenty of people out there that kind of, have certain core uh, morals and those morals very well could be agree with the Bible, but just because somebody has morality and, and, and you got to pick and choose because not everybody is wholly 100% moral people. Can I get an amen? Where we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but just because they might be, you know, be pretty good at some, some areas of their life, that does not mean that they are a Christian. Can I get an amen, somebody? And so here it is, man. Like, so Peter's like, man, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, right? And so here is my next point, is obviously the father revealed Christ to Peter and he acknowledged Jesus for who he was. So um, acknowledge him for who he was. You know, that is, that's worship right there. When, when we see Christ for who he is, um, my next point is this. Worship is the response. Worship is the response to seeing Christ for who he is. You can't see Christ for who he is. For him to prick you in the heart, convict you of your sin, see the, the truth of, of, of the cross, forgiveness, redemption, everlasting, unconditional love for you, you cannot encounter him and experience him and not worship, right? So, so worship is the response. It appears like when I see this right here, this is just so powerful, right? This moment that Peter had in seeing Christ for who he is, there's so much there. There's, 
So much just revelation. This, these verses are just so rich, so rich. And it's like, don't believe the hype for what everybody else is saying Jesus is, right? Um, or not, right? You have a revelation of him. I'm telling you right now, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but, but my father in heaven has revealed that to you, right? And so it, it just appears there, it's just interesting. It's so, so uh, profound, the exchange between Peter and Jesus in this moment. And it's like, it almost seems like, and this was just something I wrote in my notes, it just appears that, that, that worship, you know, because he acknowledged him for who he was, and you see that all throughout worship, like think about your, one of your favorite worship songs or something. Think about it. Uh, in some way or another, it's just acknowledging who God is. It's just saying who he is. I mean, all of the, all of the lyrics in, in, out there in, in, our, in our worship music out there, like just think about it. It's just acknowledging Jesus for who he is, worshiping him for who he is, declaring who he is, his worship. And so he said, that was an act of worship. You are the Christ. It's worship, telling God who he is, worshiping him, exalting him, right? And so it appears that worship and revelation are almost similar, almost synonymous in a sense, because it's like um, he received the revelation and he, and he worshiped. I mean, it's just, I mean, like I said before, like worship is the response. Like if you see Jesus for who he is, man, it's gonna, you're gonna worship. I mean, it's gonna come out of you, right? I, I don't know anybody that says, man, that, that man, uh, you know, I, I just, as a Christian, Christians are worshipers, right? You, you see, whether it's, you just worshiping him by faith because you're you're just trusting him. So you're like, man, I'm gonna worship, I'm gonna sacrifice this, I'm gonna give God a sacrifice of praise, or maybe it's something you see him do, or he 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 does something in somebody's life, or like you just, I don't know, maybe you just you just wanna worship, you wanna sing that song to him. I mean, Christians, like we're worshipers. We're not just, you know, thinkers, right? We're, we're, we're worshipers, man. We're not just trying to make things happen. No, like we gotta remember, don't, don't forsake worshiping God. Like, you know, don't allow this world to rob you of worship. Don't allow your situation, circumstance, wars going on in between your ears and your mind or things you're going through, things you see happening, watching the news, seeing the craziness of this world. Hey, don't allow anything out here in this world to rob you of worshiping God, okay? So um, when uh, Jesus walked on water in Matthew chapter 14, right? And Peter's like, man, is that you, Lord? Bid me to come. He's, and he said, you know, and then he got out of the boat, started looking at the waves, he sank. Jesus picked him up. And so, um, you know, like I said before, worship is the response, all right, to anything we receive from God, any revelation, I mean, 
worship is going to flow. And it ought to. So check this out. Matthew chapter 14, verse 33, it says, Then those who were in the boat, this is after they got back in, came and worshipped him. It was their response. Saying, here, same language Peter used, Truly, you are the Son of God. Hallelujah. Um, you are. So, so revelation, um, and revelation just means to take the covers off. You know, it's where you get the word apocalypse. I think the Greek word for revelation is something like apocalypto, right? It just means to remove uh, the covers, to reveal, right? And so, um, and so this is why worship is so important in our life because, and this is why revelation is so important. This is why just pragmatic head knowledge is not enough for our walk with God. Like we need revelation. We need the spirit of God to speak to us. We need spiritual wisdom, spiritual understanding. We need to uh, be truly spiritual people. We need to be spirit filled. We need to be uh, people that walk in the spirit, that live in the spirit. We need to have the, as the prayer in, the, in Ephesians 1 that Paul prayed for the F, church in Ephesus was that the Father might give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Why? Worship, right? And so, so, so look at revelation ought to be a reality of every Christian's life. It doesn't mean that we're always getting all these revelations and everything's revelation, 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 right? You know what I mean? Where it's like hyper, super spiritual and uh, half of them things is kind of weird or something, right? I'm sure we've experienced uh, people that kind of have that about them, right? And I'm, I'm not being facetious or, 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 or anything like that. I'm just, I'm just saying I understand that people can get in extremes of this and, 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 and get maybe a little weird with it, right? But no, but the point is, like from a scriptural viewpoint and basis is we ought to be people of revelation that when we read the word, like we literally are receiving divine revelation. When we pray, we're, we're hearing from God. When we're going about our day, like God is, God, God is speaking to us. We are being led by the Holy Spirit. We are um, uh, coming to, uh, you know, uh, revelations of the Lord, that, that we are, um, we are in the spirit. Okay. What? And, and, and so th this is the point though, because this whole worship revelation and just how they seem to be kind of almost intertwined, right? Like even in the old Testament, when people saw God, like, you know, in some way or an angel, right. Or they had some kind of divine encounter or a prophet gave them a word, right? Like more times than not, like, what was the response? It was worship, right? And so um, revelation is about who he is, right? So as we see in this uh, exchange with Peter, like revelation wasn't about him like being all super spiritual. It was just that he saw Christ for who he really is and he voiced it. And so revelation is about who God is. Revelation isn't about us. Right. In a sense, it's not so as Christians, we can kind of put this air off like we're so spiritual and we're like, 
you know, uh, God speaks to me and the, like, and it's like this kind of this pride or something. No, no, revelations about him. And when we see him, we will worship. So the, the whole intention for revelation, revealed knowledge of the word of God or revealed knowledge, God just reveals something to us that we weren't seeing or whatever. It, 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 if it's true revelation, it will cause us and others to worship Jesus. Can I get an amen? So the revelation Peter received is that Christ is the divine son of God. And if he is the divine, the Christ, the divine son of God, if, then he is worthy of worship. And if he is worthy of worship, then worship is what I do. Worship is what I do. Praise is what I do. All right, I'm a Christian. Christ has been revealed. I'm a worshiper, right? Come on, somebody, right? And so when they acknowledge him as the son of God, um, the, the disciples in the boat, when Peter got back in the boat with Jesus after walking on the water, when Peter was asked, who do, who do you say I am? He said, you are the Christ, the son, capital S, of the living God. And so even in the... Um, Jewish community, this was messianic language. It was, it was reference to Christ being God. So when, from a Jewish perspective, and, and the Pharisees testified of this, okay? So when Jesus said, God is my father, they were like, Abraham's our father. Jesus like, God is my father, right? So in John chapter five, um, I won't go into this or read it. I just kind of paraphrase here. And just is, is that they wanted to persecute him, right? And they got him really upset here because when he said that, spoke of God as my father, they, um, were um, now this was triggering them, the religious community, because they said in their own words that because you say God is your father, or you, in, in essence, you are the son of God, capital S, then you are saying you are equal with God. And so when Peter, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, his revelation was that you are God, you are the Messiah, okay? And so that revelation, his revelation was, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son, equal with God, of the same essence as the Father. So not, not subordinate in nature to the Father, but you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, you are divine, you are God, you are, you are, you are Lord, right? And so when we receive a revelation of who Christ is, it's a revelation that he is God. And when we see him as he is, 100% God, we then worship. When, think about it, when he got out of the water, into the boat, what did the disciples do? It says they worshiped him.
What words did they use when they worshiped? You are the son, capital S, the son of God. I'm here to tell you right now that worship, worship is the response because revelation is about who he is, not about our intellect or what we drum up from reading the word. Revelation, revealed knowledge of the word of God, revealed knowledge of who God is, who Christ is, is always about him. And when we see him, we see him as he is, he is God. And when we see him as he is God, we worship, okay? And so here's my next point, let's move on here. Say this with me, say worship determines identity. How do I know this? How do I know this? Because in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, and I also say to you that you are Peter. It's like this identity shift, right? Peter means rock, right? Before he called him Peter, he called him by his, the name his parents gave him. Simon, son of Jonah. And then, he, and then he says, after he shares the revelation, he says, and all I also say to you, that you are Peter. You are Peter. Worship determines identity. Revelation determines identity. We receive it. He received it. Jesus gave this to him. This is who you are. I am telling you. The more we know about God, the more we will discover about who we are. The more we know about Jesus, the more we will discover as to who God has really made us, okay? When who he is is uncovered to us, who we really are is uncovered. Can I get an amen? When I see him, I then see me. Come on, somebody. Uh, I've said this before. I probably said it a million times. But uh, you can't tell God who he is. And he not tell you who you are. All right? Don't believe the hype of this world. I'm telling you, the one thing in our control that is paramount to our life as Christians is worship. Come on, somebody. It's worship. It's worship. Do all, do all the other things, all the things you got going on. Um, I'm not taking anything away from that. I'm talking about the good stuff. But in the midst of all the other good stuff, make sure you're a worshiper. I, I, you can't uh, get away from this. I mean, that's where revelation is. You, you want to know God more? Worship him. Right? You want to... You wanna, you wanna, you want to walk with God? Exalt his name. Sing that song, whatever it is. Um, you know, be obedient. Do what he's called you to do. Those are all acts of worship. You know, even, even serving others truly is an act, can be an act of worship. What you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. Whatever we do for others in the name of the Lord, we're really doing it to him. And whatever we do for him and do it and to him, man, that truly, theologically speaking, in reality, that is an act of worship. All right? And here it is. This is what I was trying to get to. Could it be uh, that the reason our world is in such an identity crisis is because we're worshiping false gods, right? 
Because if we worship the one true and living God, he's going to tell us who we really are. Could it be we're worshiping false gods? And those false gods are telling us who we aren't. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, man, idolatry opens the door to all kinds of stuff. Worshiping false gods opens the door to sin. It opens the door to confusion, opens the door to perversion, opens the door to all a kind of unclean demonic activity. I am telling you, we got to put the idols on the altar of God. We got to, you know, as the scripture says, you know, the weapons of our warfare are mighty in God, right? Um, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, right? So once again, guys, worship determines identity. Here's the next one. And identity is the basis of character. Um, think about Think about those times when we start to question who we are. What happens first? Think about those times when we get troubled, vexed by just our inner thoughts about who we are or not. What happens? Worship goes out the window, right? The devil's gonna try to attack our identity because if he can attack our identity, if he can lie to us about who we really are, guess what? We won't worship God. Can I get an amen? He don't want us to worship God. He does not want us to worship God. The devil hates worship. Hates it when we worship God. Hates it, right? When he tempted Jesus, that last, that third temptation that the devil came to him with, he said, worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And then the devil fled, right? Think about where your mind goes when you forget who you are, right? Can I get an amen, somebody? I'm just reading from my notes. Here's some questions. Think about, here, I put this down. Uh, I was thinking about myself. But th think about the stupid things we've done when we forget who we really are, right? The devil is going to try to tempt you and attack you in the, in the area of who you are in God and who you are. He's gonna lie to you. He's gonna bring doubt, unbelief, discouragement. And here it is who we are in God, all those scriptures in the Bible that speak of in Christ or in him, that is who you really are. So identity in Christ, right? It provides boundaries, right? It, it clarifies boundaries, parameters of, of how we ought to live and walk and, and do as God called us to do. Identity in Christ, our identity in Christ and reminding ourselves of it, learning about it, it will always produce a healthy outcome. Why? Because it's him and it's about him. It is literally what the creator of the universe has established as to who you really are. You're complete in him. You're a son, a daughter of God. You're an heir of God, a joint heir with Christ. You're accepted in the beloved. Come on, you're part of the family of God, the body of Christ, all right? You are loved of God. You've come to him and he has received you, right? So identity in Christ will always produce a healthy outcome. The outcome of our identity in Christ will always be good. And we gotta be honest because knowing who we are in Christ or acknowledging it being a worshiper, Christ revealed to us 
getting revelation, walking in the spirit. So important, right? We're in a war here in this world, right? Don't believe the hype of the world. The devil's lying and this worldly system is lying, right? But, um, and so with that said, you know, let's be honest, right? Knowing who we are in Christ doesn't mean that we won't have moments where we forget who we are at times. Because if we're honest, it happens or situations happen, it kind of throws us off. We start to question it, right? We, we, um, we kind of uh, stumble a little bit. Like even in, even in this, as we read in Matthew 16, just the next portion of verses is where Jesus says, man, I got to go to Jerusalem and suffer and die and I'll be, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be resurrected again. And Peter's like, far be it from you, Lord, to do that. So in just a few verses before that, he received revelation from, from the Father concerning Christ. Is the next minute, it could have been literally minutes later. He's not seeing what's really going on. He's not seeing the will of God. He's like, he's getting in the way of the will of God, thinking he's doing Christ a favor. And Jesus rebukes him and says, get behind me, Satan. You are mindful. Somebody say my mind. Somebody say, touch my mind, Lord. You, you, you're mindful of the things of man, not the things of God. And so here it is. I'm going to end with this point and then I'm going to pray. And, and so with this, I think this ought to be just a something we just remember right here is in the, your journey of life, your walk, maybe even this week, is do this. The devil's going to try to attack you. She's going to try to mess with you. So do this. Get back to worshiping Jesus. So one thing in our control, we can choose to lift our hands. We can choose to, 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 to sing that song to the Lord. We can choose to to stay where God's called us to stay even when it gets difficult. We can choose to, to pray. We can, we can choose to fellowship with God's people. And so once again, folks, when you're going through it out here in this world, don't believe the hype of the world. Just simply get back to worshiping Jesus. So Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name for everybody. I pray, God, that, that they would be worshipers. God, and I pray they receive revelation. I pray they will receive it, receive divine revelation in the mighty name of Jesus. I, I pray that Spirit of God, you would speak to them and anoint them in their walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.